Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today, we welcome back to the show, Stephanie Banks. Now, Stephanie is one of the early channelers I had on my show over a year ago. But this episode, we didn't channel her group. We channeled my spirit guides who had messages for all of my audience. This was unexpected. My spirit guides kept wanting to come in. So we just turned this whole episode into a channeling session with my own spirit guides for the Next Level Soul audience. This is a treat, to say the least, guys. Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome back to the show, returning champion, Stephanie Banks. (laughs) How you doing, Stephanie? I'm good. I love it. Returning champion. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming back on the show. You, You came on the show... A while ago, it's been, it's been, I think over a year, I think at this point that you came on the show and we had such a lovely conversation that I wanted to have you come back uh, because the audience really loved our conversation and I did. So um, I wanted to have you back to kind of talk about different topics and channel different, uh, different topics that, that hopefully will help the audience, but I appreciate you coming back, my dear. Thank you for having me. It's always fun with you. So if you can, for the audience, uh, for uh, for audience members who have not heard our first conversation, can you give a little bit of an understanding of how you became a channel and your process of channeling itself? Yes. I became a channel out of necessity to be able to communicate with my mother who had dementia. So as we know, with Alzheimer's and dementia, the pathways in the brain break apart. It makes communication really difficult which makes it a relationship really strained and tense. So I needed to find a way to transcend uh, traditional communication and really connect on a soul level. Luckily, I had a best friend at the time who was a professional channel. She channeled my mother for me, which is my very first exposure to channeling at all. And I learned from her. I got trained by um, other world-renowned psychic mediums and intuitive channels. And now I offer it professionally as well. But it was, it came from that need to be able to understand my mother at a very deep level so that our, our relationship could remain close and healthy through the remainder of her physical lifetime. Well, let me ask you this, is because I've had many of my relatives go through dementia and uh, friends, family, dementia, and uh, Alzheimer's as well. Just as your, just from your own experience, why do you think a soul goes or or goes is put is that's part of a soul's blueprint to go through a process where they are completely disconnected mentally uh, from this world? Essentially, they are just in their own 
complete world disconnected from loved ones and things like that. Why would you choose to do that? If, if you believe in soul blueprints and that we're all here to learn lessons and so on. Yeah. And I do believe that. Um, honestly, I can say from the personal experience with my mother, but also as a clinician, because I'm a speech pathologist by background. So I've worked with many people who have Alzheimer's and dementia and cognitive disorders. Um, what I can say is that it's not for the person going through it. It is not often as bad as we believe it is for them. Oftentimes the loved ones and family members that are coping with the, you know, the, the changes in their loved one from the dementia are having a much harder time than the person who actually has the dementia because we are missing how they used to be, how they used to express their personalities, how we used to connect with them. But the person who has it, and I know this from channeling many people while they are in their dementia, channeling their souls, often report, their souls often report to me, um, they are feeling so much more free. They are no longer confined by these expectations of <laughs> social, right? Of right. social engagement and the requirements of um, specific rules and protocols of how we interact. They are a lot of them, not all of them, but almost traveling while still being in the body connecting in different ways, in deeper ways, that ways that we don't understand because we stay stuck mostly in our left side of our brain, our logic side. But when there is um, that type of shift and change in what's going on within the brain, you can have more access to the right side, which is the intuition, which is the spiritual connection, which is the creativity. So it's now my belief that having something of this nature, whether it's dementia or Alzheimer's or cognitive decline or disorder, is a way to experience a deeper connection to life really? and to all that exists in life. And it also could be part of the, the plan that they decided, listen, you guys need to go. My family, my soul family that's come down here, you guys have to go through this. So I'll, I'll take, I'll, I'll, this time I'm going to give that to you uh, as, you know, a, as a loved one would come in and I'm, I'm going to love you more this life than you've ever been loved before, because you've never had anyone to support and love you before. So I'll do that for you in this life. And in return, this might do this or that. Is that fair to say? I think that can be the case in some situations. Sure. I just, I look at it really differently now than I used to. And my ability to channel has helped me to see it very differently. Sometimes people with dementia are, um, they look withdrawn, mm -hmm. but there's actually a lot more going on than we know or than we think. It's just not able to be perceived by us as we are observing them from the outside. You'd have to be really on the inside to see what's occurring. But through the channeling, I've learned that they are, there's a presence that they are able to connect with mm. more easily, perhaps through the experience of dementia than they would without it. And what, so can you explain to the audience, what is your channeling process? Does it weaken you? Does it energize you? Do you go mm. full trance? Do you come in and out? How can, how is your process? So I am what is known as a conscious channel. So I, I'm not in a trance 
state in that I'm not aware of what's going on. I'm very, very aware. Um, there isn't anything that comes into my physical body that kind of overtakes anything. Instead, I am connecting through imagery, through communication, through a level of understanding that comes through language. And so I, a client will ask me a question. Perhaps it's something about that they want to know about their life. So I will tune into their own soul, their higher self. I'll close my eyes. I will open the field of energy to receive what their soul wants to communicate. It comes through language. It is very energizing to me. Um, channeling for me is one of my favorite things to do, favorite places to be. It lets me be free and open and it's, it's joyful. Very, very rarely do I feel um, heavy afterwards. That's only if I've channeled for too long without great self-care, but I know how to do great self-care. So I make sure that I schedule my sessions in a way where I am replenishing my energy, but I always feel energized by it. What is a long, what is a long session for you? Well, I once channeled for 50 people in a group, all 50. I will never do that again. That was, <laughs> That's rough. that was a bit extreme, but that was in the beginning of my career as a channel. And that's how we learn through trying what doesn't work. <laughs> that took me out for a couple of weeks. I just did not feel balanced energetically for at least a couple of weeks after that. And you were also weren't as, uh, as primed as you are now. You, your, your nervous system, your body itself is, you've built up a resistance if, if you will, or a priming, if you will, to be able to get this kind of energy. If not, you could blow a gasket. Like it sounds like you kind of almost did, if not really worn down the battery at that point. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. There, there are a lot of people in this line of work who do get worn out by it. Yeah. And then you can have physical ailments as a result of it. So I try to be really mindful of what is my, all the components of me needing at any point in time, my physical, my emotional, my relationships, my um, family, you know, keep keeping things in perspective and taking breaks when I need to. And something that is challenging is saying no. I think that's challenging for a, a lot of people. And I might even say, women specifically, women identified. Um, but so saying no is important. That's a part of self-care. And when I require myself to channel, when I am not feeling robust energetically, I, the channeling I feel suffers. Fair enough. Fair enough. So in this session, I wanted to come back and talk about a few subjects that I think the audience would be really interested in because your specialty is spirit guides and, and channeling spirit guides but also wanted to talk a little bit about the afterlife uh, reincarnation and, and specifically spirit guides and how we can connect to them and so on. So um, whenever you're ready, we can have a, how do you jump in and out? Do you jump in and out? Or am I going to see you again for the next hour or, <laughs> or are you going to yeah. be gone? <laughs> no, with conscious channeling, it's me. It's all, it's all me. I'm here. I know what's coming through, what's happening. I'm Got seeing it. things, sensing things. And then 
when the message is complete, I open my eyes and then I can explain things further. If there are questions or anything that's unclear, I'm able to process that. So yes, I go in and out of it, but it's just me. It's just basically listening and you might think of it almost as a way of thinking, except I'm not using the thinking mind, I'm using the sensing and receptive part of my brain, which again is the right hemisphere. And a lot of channels that I've had on the show channel a specific group or entity that comes in and helps. Can you explain to the audience who you channel in, in that process? I channel whoever my client is requesting to hear from. So my sessions are completely guided by my client's questions. Instead of someone showing up into session with me and saying, just channel whatever's here, I do not work that way. <laughs> I know that my client's heart and soul and spirit knows what they need to hear or where their challenges are. So they will share with me, I'm having a struggle in my marriage and I would like to hear from the higher self of my spouse. Awesome, now I know where to go. I'm channeling the, the higher self of their spouse. Or they might say, I have to make a big decision whether or not I relocate for a career move. Then I will channel their career guides. So we have spirit guides for every aspect of our lives here in the three-dimensional. And they, I, I sort of do divide them up into their tasks. So we have relationship guides. We have um, guides for our health and well-being. We have guides for our, our career and professional world. We have guides for travel, um, <clears throat> safe and good travel. Sounds like yours have been serving you well. <laughs> um, so, you know, across the board, we can tune in. And if there's not a specific, like, group of guides that we are tuning into, then I just say, all right, we're calling in your spirit guides. We can go general. We don't have to get so specific. There will always be support and guidance that comes through your spirit guide connections. And if it's not a personal uh, client, like, uh, let's say if it was just a session with you and me, if we're doing general topics like we're talking now, who comes in to talk to a general audience about a general topic? Well, I would tell you that right before I, or right as I tune in. Mm -hmm. So sometimes someone would say, I don't, I don't know who to ask for, but this is my struggle or this is my question. And I'll say, great. I don't know who to ask for either. Let me tune in and see who's here. And then I'll close my eyes and I'll say, oh, okay. Your higher self is here. We're going to channel from that perspective or your great aunt Trudy or your spirit guide that relates to your parenting world, something like that. Aunt Trudy seems to be very busy. She's everywhere. <laughs> she gets around. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So whenever you're ready, my dear, we can start. Yeah. You tell me what you would like to channel. Um, and if you're not sure of a question, I can help you get to a question, but I trust you've got yours. I got a couple questions. Absolutely. So uh, my first question is, can everyone communicate with their spirit guides or is this a skill that requires a psychic ability? Mm, cool. All right. So I'm just going to tune into all spirit guides. They're not specific to you. Uh, actually, I have to rephrase that. We're going to tune into your spirit guides. I just Mine. got corrected. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Okay. All right. Hello, dearest one. 
We know that on some levels, you already have your own answer to this question, but we are thrilled that you are asking it for a more global perspective. And we are happy as always to provide a global perspective because here's what you do with global perspectives. You take the gestalt of things, the wide angle, the fullness, the, the enormity, and then you um, consider that uh, on, on a in a process that is quite methodical. And you break it down into smaller layers and smaller pieces. And then you take the pieces and you rearrange them and you allow for your mind to coordinate them in slightly different ways. This is the creative aspect of you. And then when you are done, and of course you are never done, but here is what happens. You have a variety of options available to you and available to those that you know and love and teach as well. For you are here, as you know, as a teacher. And for, for this, we say, great job. And to this, we say, here's how we will answer your questions. Yes, of course, you and everyone else who has the inclination, who has the desire, who has, who has and makes the time, who has and takes good enough, and that's all that's required, is good enough care of their spiritual life, of their emotional fields, of their physical health and well-being. Just enough, just enough for it to be sufficient, for there to be enough self-love, for there to be enough self-compassion, then yes, everyone, of course, can do this. And it is our greatest desire, and now we speak from the collective of all spirit guides everywhere, for all to engage in this practice and this pursuit more deeply. Why, you ask? Because it is incredibly fun. It is a blast. It is a journey. It is a um, gift. It is truly a gift to remember that you are not here simply as a physical being moving around in a physical realm, but that there are so many layers and bits and pieces to you that make you make you up as a creative being, as a receptive being, as the expressive being, as the exquisite being that you are. And we say this not to you, but to all. So yes, it is indeed possible. And no, there is nothing that is... Um, Ex exclusive about it. If you have the desire, if you create the time, if you engage in some sort of practice that allows you to attune and allows you to listen and allows you to pre presence yourself in a way that is open-hearted, open-minded, then of course, why would anybody not be able to? It is a birthright, of course, and we are here to support your journey within it. Fantastic. Can you share any advice or techniques for someone wanting to establish a connection with their spirit guides? Yeah, I'm just going to riff off of what they said. Perfect. <laughs> Far be it for me to argue with spirit. Um, some of the things that were mentioned are like creating time, right? We are used to saying, oh, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. But what actually are your pursuits? And are they in the highest service? And we can say, you know, we have to be honest with ourselves about that. And sometimes doing the dishes might seem like the thing that has to be done, but you might instead really connect with nature for a bit or instead sit and meditate or instead just just breathe, get, get to a place where you can be alone and, and centered and connected. So the process of making time elevates your accessibility to the spirit world because they know when you are available and they know when you're not. And when we're distracted, we're not available. 
and we, we hear or sense or feel things and we're not so accurate. So making time for some sort of practice, meditation, spiritual practice, time in nature, great self-care. We talked about self-love and self-compassion. Those have to be present for you to be a clear channel. And by clear, I mean for you to receive what is in the highest service. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. You can channel from low vibrations. I don't recommend it. Um, (laughs) I don't do it. (laughs) In fact, I do everything to guard against that because we get enough of that in the outside world. And, you know, to, to be able to channel, which yes, I do believe all of us can. And this is why I teach others how to channel is it is a gift. As they say, it's a blessing. It's a birthright. We can do this. So making time, creating a practice, spiritual practice, ritual is very important to me for part of it. So some people like to light a candle. Some people like to create an altar. Some people like to have a prayer or read uh, or say a mantra or do a song or movement or dance, something that prepares you, your body, mind, and spirit to receive. That's also very important. And sleep. Hmm. Yes. If we're exhausted, we're not going to channel clearly. Now, you mentioned a couple of different groups of spirit guides, but are there different categories of spirit guides? Uh, And and what are their roles and interactions with us? The way that I work with spirit guides is I, my understanding of them when I'm channeling is that we have guides for all these different aspects of our lives. And that's sort of how um, I think of them and divide them up. So as I said, if you're having a relationship struggle, I'm going to tune into your relationship guides. Um, If you are having a a physical ailment, I'm not a medical medium and I do not channel any medical mediumship or give medical advice, but I will channel your guides of physical health and well-being because those are the experts in that area. And if it's a more global open question, then we just go to the general spirit guides. But you can, you can, you don't have to fret about asking for the right guide to come in, you can't get that wrong. If you want to channel your own guides, just go through that process I talked about where you settle yourself, you presence yourself, you take really good care of yourself, make the time and space and just invite in your guides of the highest service. That's what you want of the highest vibration. How many guides do we have on our quote unquote spiritual team? Oh, who has time to count that many? Honestly, (laughs) there are countless guides, thousands and thousands and thousands. If I had to guess, there's who, who can know, right? Where's the data available? (laughs) And that's just spirit. And that's just spirit guides. That's not including a set in masters or angels or our past relatives uh, as well, our generations. So it's, we're completely surrounded all the time by people trying, people or uh, souls, if you will, or entities trying to help us along this path if we allow for that guidance. Make sense? That's right. That's right. And some people are worried that if they're distracted, they might miss a message. 
please trust <laughs> that you will always miss messages. I always do, right? I'm in my head far more frequently than I wish I was, but I right. am. I'm having this human experience too. So it's okay. I miss stuff all the time. They circle back around. They're not <laughs> going to be like, ah. Oh, there she goes again, ignoring us. They don't, <laughs> they don't hold grudges. They don't have negativity towards us. It's pure love. So if we're, if we're too busy in our minds, they recognize that they will come back around and around and around until we get it, which is why it sometimes takes us 10 or 20 um, signals, right? Or signs, oh. or we're like, oh, yeah, 30, I should probably do that thing. 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70,000 exactly. uh, times that they'll say the same thing. Like, okay, so you don't want to learn that part of your relationship stuff. Okay. Keep dating the wrong person. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Play out your patterns and take as long as you need, because we're here as your guides and we're just going to cycle with you again and again for all the next lifetime. So you might as well do it now. Um, so can you ask spirit, uh, how spirit guides assist us in our personal and spiritual growth um, according to your experience and understanding. Yeah. You want me to channel that from? Yeah, if you could. That'd yeah, be great. yeah, sure. We're going to go to yours again, just because they're real excited to have this platform. <laughs> You'd really like to know that, wouldn't you, dearest one? <laughs> How do we do this? Why? Are you looking to take over our job? <laughs> <laughs> we would advise against it for many reasons. We'll give just a few. Number one, when you chose to take birth in this lifetime, to be incarnate, to be in the flesh, to be in the physical realm, you agreed that you would forget all of the many things that you knew to be so. And in the forgetting, you agreed to remember when the time was right, when the circumstances were set up in the perfect way, when the situations called for it. And this is the beauty of the experience you have called in. And so you might think that it can get quite old to do this again and again and again and again in many lifetimes. For us, it never gets old. For something happens from one lifetime to the next, there's almost always great advancement. And in the, um, in the way of you, in the, ex in the experience of your particular soul, we would say that we are enormously proud of just how much you take on in any given lifetime for your learning, for your experience expansiveness for your ability to be an even greater teacher. You've noticed probably that we have said that twice now about you being a teacher. We know that you are a creative. There can be no question about that, but through your creativity, you are teaching. Look at what you have created here, this very platform calling in the other teachers, the experts, those who play in other realms, those who understand things <clears throat> in different ways from different angles. This is the beauty of it, of course, for you are recognizing that your soul will be most pleased with itself and with its evolution if you are sharing as much as possible, not just of what you know, for that is very limited. And we do not insult you here. It is just an acknowledgement. What anyone knows, any human knows is very, very limited, no matter how knowledgeable that human is, no matter how much studying they could do. For there simply is not access to the everything. And that is what we have access to. So it is our joy. It is our pleasure. It is our duty. It is our responsibility to provide that when asked, 
not not when you are ill prepared for it, not when you are not in the openness to it, not when you are not inquiring or showing curiosity, but only when you ask. So if we could give advice to you and to everyone else, it would be to continue to ask, ask for the support, ask for the insight, ask for the direction, ask for the imagery, because we are so happy to abide by that. We are so happy to deliver on that. It is, it is the nature of our relationship with you. It is the whole purpose. They got jokes. Yeah, spirit <laughs> guys are funny. <laughs> I'd expect mine to be hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> and they like to poke at us a little bit, but not not in a negative way. Just right. like stop taking yourself so seriously. Right, exactly. Uh, this is one thing I've always always wondered since you play in this realm of going back and forth between spirit and and this realm so often. You know, I was raised uh, Catholic, which is a very serious, somber a way of looking at spirituality, not trying to be negative towards it. It's just an, like he said, like they said, an acknowledgement of what it is. Um, but I found the more I talk to people on this, uh, on this show and the more channels I talk to and even near death experiencers and other people I've talked to humor. It's a huge part of the experience of being a soul of every, so there is humor in the universe and in the afterlife, correct? Yes, a lot, a lot. Right. And humor is healing. It is. It's incredibly healing. So, and, and I once read a quote, something about that laughter, the sound of laughter is at the same frequency of the angelic realm. And that mm. always makes me feel like, ah, oh, that's delicious. Like just to, to think of that. So that's wonderful. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you can ask spirit, what signs might suggest that your spirit guide is trying to communicate to you or send you a message? Cause like you were saying, we miss messages. Is there anything we should be looking for if yeah. they are trying to communicate? Okay. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Just to be clear, these are your spirit guides again, but speaking <laughs> for the global as well. <clears throat> this is tricky to describe. So um, allow us to weave a bit in here for you to understand. And then do not expect yourself or yourselves to understand this completely, but simply sit with it a bit and see how it settles out. What we would say with regards to how to, um, how to perceive the communication, the presence, the en encompassment that is always available to you is for you to, of course, pause, for you to get still. Now, do not mistake this to mean that you have to be perfect at pausing and getting still. And do not take this to mean that we will only um, communicate when you are in perfect stillness and pause. This is not the case. What you will understand as you develop and deepen your relationship with us and thus others' relationships with their spirit guides, ancestors, loved ones, and beloveds who influence and support them on their journeys is that there is is enormous patience and understanding here from our side of things. 
So know that just as one deals gently and kindly with a child who is not expected to understand everything from the get-go, we will always be engaged with you in that way. We will not hold um, judgment or expectations. And so when we are sending signals, which come in a variety of ways, and many who are listening, watching, observing at this point in time will say, ah, yes, my signals come in the form of repeating numbers. <clears throat> and another might say, ah, yes, my signals come in the form of feathers that I find on the ground. And yet another will say, ah, yes, my signal comes in the form of my dream state where I am made privy to things that are upcoming and I can make note of them and choose accordingly. And so there are endless, endless variations of how others experience their, their signals, their signs, their communication. And you know what? They're all correct. They are all absolutely spot on. Right before you start to question whether or not it was real, that space where you simply notice and recognize it, that is the sweet spot. We know you like to use the words sweet spot. And for you, that means just the perfect place to engage in a deeper way. The perfect um, moment to be present, fully present and invite in more. So when you notice something, anything that you might consider to be out of the ordinary, it just captures your attention in a way that distracts you from your previously distracting thoughts, then you can give us credit for that. For we are always pulling at strings and weaving things into your life for more color, for more joy, for more um, love, for more humor, of course, that too. And if you notice it, if you pay attention to it, when you notice it, give us credit, and then you will receive more and more and more. And as we said, there are many, many things that we use to... to um, as techniques to gain your attention. And once we have your attention, we can bring even more if you are open to receiving. If you are not open to receiving, do not require yourself to do so. You can simply set up another time with us, an appointment of sorts. We know you are big on appointments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you can say something like, ah, that is wonderful. Thank you for um, send, sending that swirl repeatedly across my path. Uh, I will get back with you soon. I am available at 5.30 p.m. And we will return at just that time for we do not care about time, but we absolutely can meet you according to your own. Hmm. So you, Alex, when you notice a sign, which is anything that's out of the ordinary, anything that breaks you out of your, your head space, even a squirrel that's like, I saw it just darting back and forth and back and forth. Um, say to your guides, oh, thanks, got it, you know, I, I'll get back with you, I'm available at this time. Here's what people don't understand. As a channel, I am not always channeling every minute of my waking life. Mm -hmm. That would be um, annoying. Sure. Actually. <laughs> of course. <laughs> It's like someone talking to you constantly. Yes, right? And so just like we have, we have boundaries with people in our lives, it's totally healthy to have boundaries with how you communicate with spirit and when you're open. So if you've got a lot going on and you really can't just sit and receive, then set another time up with them. Do be respectful of their, their continued understanding and patience and perseverance to, to get a hold of you and say, yeah, I got it. Thank you. That was cool. Saw those numbers, saw that license plate, 
phone rang when I was, you know, knew that it would, and it was the thing I, or the person I expected to hear from. And let's set up a time later today where I'm going to get really still and quiet and ask, is there something more? Is there something more you'd like to share with me? Is there, so for people listening, when you're, let's say, going down the wrong path mm-hmm. in life, let's say you've chosen the wrong path <clears throat> and it could be in relationships. It could be your business. It could be the way you're looking at things. I've noticed, and I've said this so many times on the show before, is that it starts with a tap on the shoulder, starts with a whisper, then a nudge, then a push, and eventually it's something slamming you against the wall. You know, I I know moments in my life where I was probably, especially when I was younger, going down the wrong path and in, in whatever shape it, it could be with relationships or something. And some something really drastic happens. Mm-hmm. So drastic that it shakes your world up. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, at least for me, it was always something that just kind of like, it was a, it was like a sledgehammer hitting you, but I didn't get hurt per se physically, but it stopped. It, like, it's just stops everything. You know, it's a car accident that doesn't hurt anybody, you know, other than the car right. <laughs> or, you know, or it's this, this situation or that situation. Is that your experience too, with these kind of messages? Because like, if you're, if you're going down the wrong path, they are going to get a lot more intense with trying mm-hmm. to push you or guide you back to the path that you're supposed to be on. Is that right? Absolutely. You're right. And you know that from personal experience, as do all of us, you know, if we're paying attention. So the, the, the goal is to attune to the more subtle signals so we don't have to have the car accident. <laughs> right. And I, But I'm not even being funny because, and this is why your guides are staying so focused on, on this, how to connect, how to create time and space and appointments now for connecting because our lives will be so much easier if we can respond to receive and respond to the subtle signals of where, where things just feel off Mm -hmm. instead of bulldozing through like we have learned through culture or conditioning, right? Mm -hmm. Society, et cetera. Um, To the point where there has to be a major intervention such as a, a, sh- a shakeup, like you're saying, <clears throat> an accident of some sort, an injury, God forbid, something of that nature that really requires everything to reorder. Oh yeah, I mean, I've I've had a broken ankle more than once in my life, trying to slow me down because yes. I was going so fast, so hard yeah. on so many other things. They're like, he needs he needs some downtime, and he's not listening. So right. we're gonna we're gonna slow him down. Yeah. Um, and, and it's going to be a little bit painful because he's not listening and, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, the more I've kind of attuned to it, mm-hmm. I start hearing things a little bit more. And I've noticed when the, the taps or the nudges, I'm starting to notice those much more yeah. before it took the sledgehammer for me to even listen. Right. Now I'm starting to hear the nudges or the things pop in a little bit more and more, I, I guess my meditation and all that kind of stuff kind of quiets you down so you can kind of receive this, this knowing a bit more. Absolutely. It can get to the place where you're so attuned that the subtle signals can feel like the sledgehammer, like they can feel so powerful and so significant because you have done the work of attuning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So like, like Stephanie and I are saying, try to listen to the nudge and the whispers. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. makes life so, so much easier. 
the, the one thing I've kind of discovered in recent years was this ability to let go of control, of trying to hack control my life in every which way. Uh, and when I let go, things just started to kind of fall into place in this magical way that I was like, wait a minute, what is happening here? Like, how is this happening? The show is a perfect example of that. You know, uh, I've let go completely of what happens with the show. I work, I show up, I do my job. There's a big distinction of just like sitting at home and watching Netflix all day and expecting <laughs> things to happen. But I let go of where the trajectory goes. So my energy is not about, is about the creation process. It's not, it's not about the control process. From your perspective or from spirit's perspective, how can we learn to let go of this notion of trying to control, which is completely uncontrollable? Because life is an uncontrollable machine. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Yes, you can do, you can only control up to a certain point. And then really it's up to universal powers. It's up to other people. It's up like I could, I, I might want to have a sit down dinner one day with Steven Spielberg and just talk to him and have a conversation with him. But at a certain point, no matter what I do, Steve is not going to knock on my door unless something guides him to me or our paths cross or he wants to do that. So there's not, I can't control that no matter what I do, you know, and I'm not planning to do something, you know, controlling, like I you know, like knock on his door or anything like that. It's nothing like that. So how can we do that? We, we have to ask for the help because here's, here's the thing. This is the way I work with my guides. I have had, um, I have a list of people that I would love to share my work with. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it's not necessarily like celebrity people, but people whose way of living in the world is so inspiring to me that I want mm -hmm. to share my work with them. And when I am in good practice, I will create this little list and I will ask my guides, can you work behind the scenes? Cause they're really good at doing all the things that we don't know about. I just call that behind the scenes because that's what we know to call it and help to make connections for me that will facilitate me being able to share my work with this particular person. Um, I don't leave it at that because this is a co-creative process being here in the body and being a soul in a body and having all this energetic support around us in the form of our spirit guides. So I do my part, which I can control, which is um, honing my craft, which is developing myself, which is reaching out in greater and greater circles to reach more and more people, which is focusing my attention perhaps in the direction of the arena of work that that person who I'm inspired by and want to share my work with is doing. Um, and then it, that, that co-creative process between what the guides are doing on our behalf. And of course they only do stuff that it's gonna be in the highest service to us. So we think we know Oh, I need to be, you know, connected no. to this person. And they're like, ha, you're going to spin your wheels for a long time, sweetheart, you know, trying to do that because that's not the right person. Um, but when it's aligned, 
we have that support and they will, yeah. And they will, they will do their part and, and things happen. And I am, I'm in the practice of journaling because if I didn't journal this magic, I wouldn't believe it myself. So I recommend that when your miracles happen, which by the way is every single day, but we're not trained to notice the, the subtle miracles. We're only trained to notice like the big massive ones. But if you note, if you start to notice, you get more of them. If you document it, you get even more because it all places you in that alignment with receiving. So we have to ask for the help if we want it. And it's so important. I just want to really point out something you said there that when it's an alignment, because a lot of times we believe that we want to meet this person and that this person is going to change our life or career. But in reality, if we actually sat down with that person, they would eat us alive or we're not ready to be in the room with them. You know what I mean? In, 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 in a positive way. So like if you're, and I'll use my, my industry as a, my industry as an example, if you're a film student and go, all, all I need to do is have Steven Spielberg show up and everything's going to be right. No, you're not ready. If he gave you $200 million, you would self-destruct and destroy yourself and lose $200 because you're not ready for that connection. You have to be at a certain level that it's a lot, like you said, an alignment. And that goes with relationships. Like, oh, I want this beautiful person to this, 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 to do all this for me. You might not be ready to have anything to offer that ideal person yet because you got stuff you got to work out yeah. before that person is even attracted to you spiritually, not even physically. I'm talking about on a physical, on a, on a spiritual level that you just, you know, Oh, like, you know, we, we all idolize this, you know, as a young man, of course you look at movie star, and you go, Oh, she would be amazing. But I got really, she would never be in a million years. What do you have to offer a person like that? You have so much of your own stuff you have to work out before you could even, you know what I mean? So I'm, yeah. I'm throwing this all out there for people to truly understand the limitations of what we're talking about based on our own potential ego is getting in the way of it. Would you, would you agree? Absolutely. We do. We get in our own way all the time. And if we don't know how to discern between the voice of ego and the voice of <laughs> intuition, then I mean, that, that has to, that's the foundational piece that so many are missing. Um, in, and, and our society is really good at feeding us a steady stream of nonsense in that area of what Ugh. we should want and how we should be. Um, and we do have a lot of young souls on the planet. That just means, you know, souls who haven't had as many li lifetimes and we've all been young souls. So this is no judgment to young souls, but the young soul will be more focused on the material world on material gain and might have those visions like you're talking about, oh, I just need, you know, so-and-so to be in the room when I show my greatness and I'll be recognized that way. That's kind of an, right? That's an immature young soul way of looking at things, but we've all been there. We've all had this, these grandiose, you know, ideas of right. who we are and really age and wisdom are the things that are necessary to move beyond that. Oh yes, I I many a day had had filmmakers in my edit suite when I was coming up going, don't they understand my greatness? Why don't <laughs> don't they understand my genius? I'm like, oh, like I'm going to be at the Oscars next year. No, no, no. If you say it, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> like that. But that's 
that that voice can be fun to play with too because who knows you can't limit yourself either maybe you are going to be at the oscars someday and who are we to say what's you know not you know what's you know what's fun but you know what's funny is i've had so many conversations with oscar winners (laughs) not one of them had said oh i did when i started writing this i said oscar like no like that none of them did it's all kind of like you know i had this year's oscars winner on on the show my other show they were in a garage both of them the directors who created uh everything everywhere all at once the one that won the oscar this last year they were in a garage hot sun in the in the valley somewhere and they were just sitting there in their t-shirts did you think that they thought that they were no they were completely you know a movie about hot dog fingers was not really <laughs> oscar worthy but apparently it was. So it does happen, but that's just my own personal experience, but I agree with you. You can't limit yourself uh, if that's a goal. But generally speaking, if you say the term, my greatness or my genius, that's not a good sign that you're going in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. And another another thing that you're talking about not being ready, a lot of people want money and I want lots of it and they want, and I had an experience being able to work on documentaries of lottery winners. And I literally saw what happened to people who won the lottery. It just, they just were not prepared to deal with that kind of responsibility and that kind of pressure. So again, unless you are at a certain level, mature enough, ready to handle that kind of energy. And I I would use that word as energy because a billion dollars, like this last poor guy who just won, not poor guy, but he won a billion dollars in that lottery. I'm really curious to see where that's going to go because- that's a lot of energy. <laughs> what yeah. are you going to do with that in the world? Yeah. Money is energy. It's just energy. Yeah. We've, we've really, wow. We have really turned money into something quite toxic in a lot of situations, but it's just an energy and it's meant to be in flow and it's meant to be of service and of support. So yes, it does take maturity and it does take wisdom and it does take evolution for us to get to those places. So Keep chugging away, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, we, you and I both are of similar vintage. We've been around the block a couple times. Uh, you know, if I, I, if I could talk to my 20-year-old self, I wouldn't stop slapping him for at least five minutes. But after the slapping, I would have a sit-down conversation and really explain how things are. Because it's, but it's time. It's only yeah. amount. It's time and experience and wisdom and age. And it's shrapnel that we pick up along the way. That's right. Yeah. yeah no yeah. question. So let's let's change topics a little bit uh, in regards to the afterlife a little bit, because it's, it's a lot of people are fascinated with it. It is a question that all of us will have at one point or another in our life. Hey, what happens when we go to the other side? Is there another side? What happens? So from your perspective uh, or, for, or from spirit's perspective, how would you describe the concept of the afterlife? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Mm, Well, I can speak from what I've learned in my channeling. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and who, again, who knows what is right or accurate. We only know what we know from our experience, from our beliefs, but from what I've channeled and I've channeled countless souls from the other side, each time I channel, regardless of the nature of the passing, um, the circumstances around it, it is always this 
sense and explanation of beauty, beauty, love, freedom, light, and coming home, being part of an all, capital A, all, that we do not understand here for many reasons, but perhaps the greatest reason is that part isn't taught to us, not in this culture. In other cultures, sometimes it is. But we are taught a fear of death in this culture and to avoid death at all costs and um, and that it's frightful and, you know, judgment and all, all sorts of things. There's religious basis for it. There, there's all, every type of input we could get. But what I understand from souls who have generously explained to me what their journey was when they took leave of the body, when they transitioned, is they were surrounded with all of the loving beings they have ever known. And even those that they did not know, say in a lifetime, but were known to them on deep levels and carried over, lovingly held, embraced, um, joyfully received to be able to go through, um, I, I call it a life review. I think that's the most common language for it. When, when we have the opportunity, once we have transitioned to scan backwards and see certain pivotal moments in a, in a lifetime, or who knows, maybe multiple lifetimes to understand our, our choices, our decisions, our evolution or lack thereof, um, really see how we've impacted people, the planet, other life, um, and, 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 and come to an understanding within ourselves of how we've, how we've lived, how we've served. If we have moved towards our potential or been part of a, um, of the creator or source or godlike energy that we, that we all come from. So there's this review. Um, and then ultimately there is, full presence all around. So those who are in the beyond, uh, those who are on the other side do have the capacity to be with all their loved ones, no matter if one is in Texas and one is in Ohio and one is in you know Maine, it, they're not limited by any type of time. They're not limited by any form. They're not limited by travel. They are fully available and accessible and desiring to share love with us and desiring to make our journeys easier, um, more protected. A lot of them are here to be uh, you know, protecting guides for us once they're on the other side. So that's, you know, the afterlife, it's vast. The question is vast. I don't have um, all the answers to it, but that's my understanding of what a soul goes through when they transition from the three-dimensional into the fifth dimensional consciousness, the unity consciousness. Now, how does this concept of the afterlife fit in with reincarnation and past lives? Is there, you know, it's, for a lot of people, reincarnation is a problem <laughs> because they only conceive of it from the point of view of this life. They're like, I don't want to go through this again. This is horrible. Like I'm having a rough go of it now. I don't want to do this again. Um, and from a soul's perspective, it's it's just a completely, it's like taking a difficult class at school. You know, like you're going to learn a lot more because that teacher is really tough. Uh, and if you want to continue to grow, you're going to take stronger and stronger classes. 
if you look at it from that perspective, it makes sense. Uh, and then they start, to, and then when people have a problem with reincarnation, they have a problem with, obviously with past lives. And they're like, well, wait a minute, why would we come back so many times? What are we here really to learn? All that stuff. What is your perspective on that? Or what is spirit's perspective if you want to channel them about this? Well, I'm going to bring back in what your, your spirit guide said about that. Because when they were speaking to you, they reminded you and us that we agree to forget just prior to entering into a physical lifetime. So there you were as this expanded being, you know, like all places, all the time, sending love, receiving love, being part of just beauty and then decided, okay, got my team assembled, going to do this family of origin that's there. I'm going to have this physical experience. I'm going to play these things out so I can grow these aspects of myself that need to grow because we all have things we need to grow and learn from. And you agreed to forget what you knew when you were part of the all so that you could have a true and real human experience. Right. And so you're, you're playing out a lot of what has already been played out, which is why it might feel familiar to you. Even if you haven't played it out yet in this lifetime, a lot of times people will say, I feel like this, I've done this before. I've had this experience before. Um, they have. We have, we've lived so many lifetimes, most of us, that there really isn't a whole lot new under the sun. There is just other opportunities and other relationships and other soul beings who agree to, to play roles with us so that we can grow and stretch and expand, et cetera. So um, that, that would be my answer to that. Now, you don't have to believe in reincarnation. You, you can believe whatever you want. I personally believe that our souls do return many, many times to get closer to agape, perfect love, divine love, <coughs> excuse me. And what's, what's greater than that, really? What's in more service? And especially to be here on this planet at this time with the level of suffering that's happening and to be able to not just witness it, but to serve into the love that is required for humanity to um, live in harmony with life, all forms of life on this beautiful planet. So it's an exquisite time. It's a powerful time. It's a difficult time. I myself have said, I don't know if I want to come back again. I don't, this is hard. I'm a very sensitive being. I, I want to cry every day. I feel desperate, you know, and despairing every day. But here I am serving in the way that I do. And here you are serving the way that you do. And this is exactly what we're meant to be doing. And will we come back? Maybe, you know, will we have choice over that? I believe that we do. Can we rest a really long time and have like a multi-lifetime vacation <laughs> before we come back again? I hope so. I would like <laughs> to have a long break. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, you know, we, we've all played the, base, the game of baseball. Uh, in, in, in as an analogy, we all understand we've all played baseball. That's why it seems like, oh, I'm playing baseball again. But the players are different. The intensity is different. The field might be different. The environment might be different, but we're all still playing the game. But just like never really hit a fastball, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know, and now I'm going to learn how to hit a fastball on this. I've thrown I've hit the bat to a ball many yeah. times, but never like this and it's just a different aspect when you said stretching and expanding i'd imagine it's just you're lifting heavier weights yeah you know you've lifted weights before it's now 
heavier weights in different ways to continue to expand while helping other souls along the way in your own on your own path yes yes absolutely and sometimes for a lot of us it's taking leadership right so if you use your baseball analogy i don't know if there's a captain of a baseball team is there it seems like there is there 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 is a cap there's yeah there's a captain yes yeah. So sometimes we're here to enhance our leadership, to take a greater position of leadership so that for you as a teacher, um, you know, you, you can open that up so that more who are viewing your work and who are, you know, um, consuming what information you're putting out there can have access to that. So it's not just, you know, playing a different position on a team. It's also standing fully in who we are and allowing for that to be perfect as it is. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. I've been told by, <clears throat> by many channels, and mediums that I've spoken to on the show off air, they're like, you know, you've done this a million times, right? And I'm like, yeah, like you've been a monk, you've been a preacher, you've been a prophet, you know, prophet. And, and so, but it's just, you've been building everything up to this point where now the message is growing. You're not only reaching your town anymore or your community, you're, you're reaching now to a, 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 you know, a larger mission of trying to expand this to, to the masses, which is what I'm, I'm trying to do with this show is to put this yeah. out. So it that makes sense to me. It's like it's not the first time you've played baseball. It's not the first right. time you've been a channel. I'm assuming yeah. uh, in, right. in all your lifetimes, you've probably done this before, in one yeah. way, shape, or form. I, yeah, I believe so. I, I think that's why I love it so much. Is I have had other opportunities in other lifetimes to really practice it and hone it. Right, exactly. And, and if you're an artist, like you've probably been an artist before. If that's something that you realize, if you're an athlete, you might have gone down the athletic aspect before would you agree that all of us come down here and have our strengths in either the physical the mental or the spiritual because it's like people who hone their bodies who are just at the top level physically might not be spiritually advanced they might Mm -hmm. or vice versa or intellectually just so far beyond you or me and yet but spiritually they can't get there and physically, mm. they can't get there. Do you, in a lifetime, what's your experience yeah. with that? Or could spirit answer that? Yeah, I. so I don't believe that. Okay, I, tell I me. Believe- yeah, so tell me, tell me, tell me. I'm just yeah, curious. I, I believe we can do all of that stuff. We, we can have those um, skills and gifts in all arenas. And there are people who do. I cannot think of any examples off the top <laughs> of my head at the moment. Yes. Um, but there are people who do. The thing is, going back to the earlier channeling is, what are you making time for? What are you because focusing if on? If you are right, yeah. If you if you are an, a star athlete, you're making time for that. You know the the training and the practice and the games and everything. You have to. So chances are good that you are not you don't have as much or aren't making as much time for the spiritual development. However, some athletes do, and they're. Um, I am thinking of someone in particular, a well, female soccer player, but I'm not going to remember her name, unfortunately. Well, I'll give you um, an example. I'll give you an example. Dan Millman, uh, who wrote uh, the the Way of the Perfect Warrior, he was an Olympic caliber gymnast when he was growing up, and that says something like, okay, at the time, that's the stage of life he was at. 
that the physical could be that. And he was all physical. But then as he grew, he grew into more intellectual. And then also spiritually, he wrote that perfect world, the way of the peaceful warrior, which is touched tens of millions of now hundreds of million people around the world. So he's a very spiritually yeah. deep person as well. So it could be stages as well. It doesn't have to be yeah. like when you're younger, well, generally physically, you're more physically adapt when you're younger than you are when you're 80. But they're they're athletes in their 80s as well. Depends. Yeah. And we're we're all of these things all of the time. It's just Agreed. which area are we going to develop and focus on? And you don't have to pick one is my point. It's not mm -hmm. that you can only do one thing at a time. We can actually develop ourselves in all the different arenas of our lives every day. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, are there different realms or levels to the afterlife according to the experiences or messages that you have received? Hmm. I can't speak to that so much. Um, there are those who are really expert or well-studied and knowledgeable in different um, levels. levels of the afterlife. Yeah, but I don't know as much about that. Can we ask Spirit about it? Sure. You have a sip of water. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Here's how we would choose to describe it in this moment in time. Understanding, of course, that if you catch us in another moment, and we certainly hope we do, dearest one, you do, dearest one, wink, wink, we will have something different to say, something uh, of, a, of a different <clears throat> nature. And that is because what we, what we share with you now has everything to do with what will make sense to you right now. And what we share with you later has everything to do with what will make sense to you later. So we follow your lead on things all of the time. Here's what we would say. We would we would prefer to describe the the layers and levels of you might call it ascension as resting spots. We do not wish to give greater um, credence or credit to any one um, level, for it is not so that one level is better than another. But when one enters into the non-form again, comes home, as it has been said, returns to, um, to, to spirit and um, freedom, there is a resting period. And this can last for quite some time, or it can be very brief in time, if it were even to be measured in time, which of course it is not. And then as one is um, understanding more and being taught by those who you know as ascended masters and those in the angelic realms and those who have come um, forward again and again and again continuously to teach and to, um, to carry and to join others in their moments of ascension well they are present for you might understand this to be courses classwork of such there is learning remembering is is a better word for it remembering of how things truly operate you might wonder does one understand things on a full and complete level as soon as they return to uh, home and we would say not not exactly, though there is nothing that is missing from their understanding. There isn't such a depth of the um, embodiment 
of the understanding. And we do not use the word embody, embodiment to suggest an actual body, but really the full bringing in and um, uh, living in and understanding of how things operate. So back to the layers, back to the moments of rest. There are different places where one can rest. Upon their return to the all, yes, a great period of rest if it is, if it is so needed and desired. And then there is movement and um, learning and remembering that occurs um, from multiple angles and arenas available. You can think of it, if you would, as an enormous library, limitless with its resources. One can delve deeply into any, any topic whatsoever, any subject matter, and there will be vast amounts of information and also catalogs of lived experience. This can be studied more closely uh, within the uh, Akashic records, as you have heard of. And so there is plenty of space for that. As one continues to um, be in the essence of oneself, in the truth of what love truly is, and in the desire to learn and accept and understand more and bring that out in their own way to others who are in need, to others who are in form and in need, to others who are even in non-form and in need, well, then there is more ascension, another layer, you might say, another level level to use your own words. This is difficult to explain for nothing here is linear. And so when we refer to layers and levels, we are trying to appeal to your um, abilities to understand things. And those generally speaking come from a linear progression. This is not your fault. This is how humans need to make sense of things. But what we will say is that each, each soul in their um, in their non-physical journey, in their ex expression of self through the care and love that exists here in this, in this side, in this other side of things, will receive exactly what they need to go as far as they wish to go with their own journey, whether it is in the human experience or whether it is in the non-form experience. And so that should be, and we hope it is, very comforting to all. Yeah, I don't know. Answer. <laughs> That's a fantastic answer. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this: If you could ask spirit, this is a question I would really like to have spirit answer. What does do spirits on the other side? Do souls on the other side have a specific purpose or task that they're engaged in, in between coming down here and doing the stuff that we do? Yeah. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Many, yes, of course. In fact, as we scan about here, we would like to take snapshots. If we could, we would show you, but uh, we will do our best to describe of what is going on here from this side of things. We will use imagery that you understand for if we use um, actual um, truth, you would you would be mind blown and you would be striving to grasp onto some sort of anchor to help you make sense. So we will use the imagery that is most familiar to you. Cubicles, yes, let's go there. Let's go to, um, let's go to a country, any country at all, where many, many, many people work within space of cubicles. And some are on <coughs> headsets with 
um, clients, giving them uh, answers to questions, providing services and such. Others are on computer systems and they are accessing information from that arena. <clears throat> Others are gathered um, in, in uh, meetings with others in nearby cubicles, coming up with greater ideas with how to make things more streamlined, how to make things more effective, more efficient, et cetera. See it like that. That is the um, perspective we would like you to have. There are some souls who have had a recent lifetime of um, enormous loss from the moment of breath to the moment of death. Things have been taken from them. They have been victimized. They have been uh, clawing their way just for mere survival. And so you might say some of these souls are in their own cubicles, working out the finer points of what has occurred and how they participated within it and what they gleaned from it. For there are always lessons, useful, useful um, bits and pieces that come directly from, only from experience. And so they are, um, they are deep in, in that, making use of the um, understanding so that should they choose to uh, return in the, in the form, in the human form or, or any form again, they will have greater understanding and they may in fact choose to uh, redo that exact lifetime with so many similar characteristics. Then perhaps another example would be a soul who has achieved everything or almost everything for there truly isn't any soul who has achieved absolutely everything that they came in to achieve. Well, perhaps that is not true. There are those who ascend quite quickly. So we, we stand in correction of ourselves. You see, even we can misspeak on occasion. So anyways, let us just say that this soul has risen to the top, creme de la creme, you might call them, achieved all the things, checked all the boxes, felt quite self-satisfied with their journey, not in an egoic way exclusively, but um, also, uh, but in inclusive of all aspects of themselves. And they are spending their time um, sending energy to others who are in places of insecurity, who are in places of self-doubt, who are in places of need for a connection that they now have to give to offer because they have achieved and, and have had the feeling of achievement for what was most important to them in that lifetime. And now this wishes to be shared. <clears throat> in fact, this begs to be shared for it is um, not just human nature, but soul nature to learn and grow and immediately share what one has uh, learned and how they have grown for the betterment of all. That is what souls are inclined to do. That is what spirit is all about. It comes from love. It's made of love. It is nothing but love. And so we wish for that to be made very clear. And then, of course, there are many other varieties of how others are spending their time. Reflection is a word that comes to us. This is a great time for a reflection. The best time for a reflection, in fact, is when you are no longer burdened by the external um, expectations and uh, influenced by the external states and emotional states and, uh, and such of others so that one can be truly in their own frequency, in their own understanding and gather, gather up the wisdom that has been gifted and use it for the betterment of others.
Hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful. That was answer. really cool. I wish I could show you what I was seeing. What with were these you? Cubicles, you know, of, yeah. of how they described it. Everyone having, everyone being part of a bigger system, but having their own individual space mm -hmm. to consider who they are and how they help this bigger system to function. And those who have achieved, but not only those who have achieved, because those who haven't maybe um, risen to the top, as, as the example was, are still in service to others. But those who have been fulfilled, let's say, have so much abundance to share from the soul perspective that they are just, and this is how our spirit guides can be those we have never known, never met, never cycled with before, never had as a guide before, could be one of those energies just saying, aha, I see you, Stephanie, you are struggling with this right now. And I have so much to offer by way of this love and this attention and this affection and this appreciation, and I'm routing it to you. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, does spirit have any parting messages it would like to <laughs> share with this audience right now in this moment? We would like to say, remember where you came from and remember who you serve. If you can anchor those two remembrances into your thoughts, your actions, and your words, you will be far ahead of where you, um, of what you thought was possible. You are here made of love. You are here to serve the love. So go and do. Fair enough. Now, Stephanie, I'm gonna ask you a few questions to ask all of my guests. What is your definition of living a fulfilled life? I often think about what I would, what I want to feel when I'm on my deathbed, when I'm in my last segment of this journey. And what's most important to me is to know that those who I have had the opportunity to touch have felt the great love that I have for them. Fair enough. If you had a chance to get into a time machine and go back in time and speak to little Stephanie, what would, mm -hmm. advice would you give her? I would say, girlfriend, have fun. Have fun, take good care of yourself and don't sweat the small stuff. How do you define God? God to me is that all loving energy that reminds me of how cared for I am and that I matter in this vast universe. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? Love. To love. And, and where can people find out more about you and the amazing work you're doing to help the world? Uh, at my website, soulinsight.com. And do you have any parting messages for the audience? No, <laughs> I feel complete. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, it's a pleasure talking to you as always. Thank you so much again for coming back on the show and for the amazing work that you are doing to help awaken the planet. So thank you again, my dear. Thank you too, Alex.
I want to thank Stephanie and my spirit guides for coming on the show and sharing all of their knowledge with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 314. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.